What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to the first of, I don't remember how many episodes of the pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Cow Moments Smack Talk podcast of this week. This is uh, three pay-per-view weeks, and we're going to be hitting you with a lot of these things. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Callum Wiggins. All right. And Robert DeFelice. Hello, hello. Oh. <laughs> we're going to do the accent this <laughs> I won't do that the whole time, but I know Caroline did suggest that we do. <laughs> yes, uh, first of this is Clash at the Castle, which I still am reading and saying with like a, a slight Borat kind of thing in my mind of just Clash at the Castle, Clash at the Castle every single time. It's just I'm glad that this isn't probably going to continue on for another year or so. It just becomes burned in my brain even more. But uh, WWE's first event of the weekend we got Worlds Collide coming up, which we are going to cover in the hot tags with our predictions for that. But tomorrow we will give you our AEW All Out predictions. And then, of course, at the end of every pay-per-view, unless, of course, the Worlds Collide thing carries over too much into All Out, then we will have the post shows. So lots of uh, content on that front this week. And as I want to remind you, per usual, with anything that we do here, including all these things, we want to know what you have to say. So while we give our opinions and our predictions and everything, type yours in the comment section below on YouTube. While you're over there, hit that subscribe button, ring that little notification bell. Make sure that you like this video because that helps us out quite a bit. And click that join button if you want to get access to the members only content. That is all with the marketplace kind of uh, collection of stuff that we've got going on. It's basically the same exact thing as the Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash smartoutmoment, that is one of the absolute best ways to help support us and to make sure that we keep doing content and we can do more and better content going forward, even if it's just a dollar a month. So if you think that we, with this week in particular, with like nine podcasts or something that we're doing, if you think that's worth a dollar a month, including all the other weeks that are going on like that, consider donating. We also have that little thanks button there. And if you want to get access to the dark casts and do something like the pick your poison tier where you can request certain things that we do, then those are other options as well. And if you're some kind of uh, super rich millionaire or whatever, and you want to donate, you know, uh, $70,000 or something, we'll figure something out. <laughs> I'll be uh, effectively a producer role or something, but there's also merchandise shops on Redbubble and T public. If you want to pick up some t-shirts or anything else along those lines, anything else like that on the monetary side of things helps out quite a bit. And of course, if you are just listening to this podcast, then that is also a means to help. So, you know, keep listening. Don't turn this off. We are talking about Clash of the Castle right now. We have six matches announced for the pay-per-view, possibly more kind of depends. They sort of hover around that six to eight match kind of breakdown with these pay-per-views sometimes they do a little bit more if that ends up being like that the plan is to have a squash match on the card or sometimes if it's something like the royal rumble obviously we tend not to have nine matches on that card because each one of those is an hour long but it has been a thing enough this year that i think it's just going to be going forward it might not be i don't know triple h might have a different philosophy it doesn't seem like that they're going to continue to have kickoff matches and right now they haven't announced a single kickoff match. So I'm kind of assuming Triple H has the same idea of that's ah, kickoff. It doesn't really matter. Let's just have everything on the main card. 
But there is uh, some room that they could add a seventh match to this, maybe even an eighth. And that's where we should start off. Do you guys think that there are any matches that stand out that should or could be added? Even though we know, for instance, that the way that the SmackDown results go, they didn't fully announce anything. There is a possibility that they put something on Twitter. They could put something on like a backstage segment that they didn't show in front of that crowd. There's room for it for anybody that's wondering like, ah, you know, SmackDown's done. So it's a guarantee. It could happen. And uh, what do you guys think that maybe could those could be? I would like a Bobby Lashley open challenge for the U.S. title. I don't know who I'd want to answer it, but I've enjoyed Bobby just sort of doing the fighting champion challenges kind of thing. And I think that should continue. Uh, there's nothing that's really standing out to me to do beyond the six matches they've put together. They've I got mean, Bobby, a Bobby Lashley match would be fine, but it's like there's nothing that they built up that's beyond these six matches that I think is really worthy of being on this card. The open challenge thing, I'm always down for that just because it's, you know, hey, maybe somebody pops up, maybe it's a surprise or whatever. And I like the idea of titles being defended because that's cool. But they haven't really gone too deep into setting up a challenger to make any sense. They don't have anything really where it would make sense to have Dexter Loomis versus the Miz because he's just sort of on the fringe of everything. So they can't really go in that direction or at least it wouldn't make sense. I don't know they technically they could do anything and then it would just be like, well, we did it because why not? You know, Robert Roode versus Reggie, <laughs> yeah. but the raw side of things, the only other thing I could imagine, and I think that they would have just announced this if it would have been the case would be Johnny Gargano against Austin theory. They didn't announce it, so it's probably not happening. I don't think that we're going to get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos, for anybody that's wondering about that. The Usos don't seem to have any other team that's right now like gunning for the tag titles. That makes perfect sense to put them in there. We could maybe get something with Hit Row and Los Lotharios and Max uh, Maximum Male Models and... I think the rumor is that legato might pop up and get involved in that feud so maybe we get like legato and hit row against the maximum male models and los lotharios that's all i can really think of i'd say there's a there's a, a half chance that we get uh the new day versus the viking raiders yeah that's another one that could possibly happen but then they have like a, a viking experience match or something on this week i forget what they call it i don't know if they're doing rules, on SmackDown, it, yeah it, it, the viking rule street fight it's on smackdown i don't think they're doing it um yeah like i said the only thing i, I would really advocate for is a lashley match but you know it's okay if they don't do anything extra it would be cool now that we know that it's not one of the members of the six-man tag or six-woman tag if we could get a women's tag title match yeah, we're calling we uh, Aaliyah against, I don't know who, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm considering who won the titles. I'm, I'd rather they didn't have that on the card, actually. <laughs> we no, won't. The, only, the only team I would advise potentially challenging them is challenging for another set of titles that weekend, so that's not happening. <laughs> well, I mean, for anybody that's wondering if Sasha Banks and Naomi would pop up, I highly, highly doubt it. 
they might pop up during Clash at the Castle, but that would be to interfere in the six woman tag. It's not going to be the tag title match. At least I highly doubt it. But looking at the roster, those are the only kind of options that I can imagine that they would announce. Maybe we get something else. I don't know. If they do announce something over the course of the next few days, we'll address it on the hot tags. And if they randomly decide to do something on like the kickoff, then you won't hear about it until that happens either. So we do know we have these six matches and it doesn't seem like they are necessarily going to change. One of them might change in one way, but we'll get to that at the very, very end. So let's talk about, I guess this is the match that I wish that they would change. (laughs) Judgment Day versus Edge and Rey Mysterio, because I am not interested in this. I was only interested in Beth against Rhea and they aren't part of it. I'm, I'm interested in this because, uh, Callum could speak to this. I'm a big fan of edge and Rey Mysterio as a tag team. I think this checks a nostalgia box that I didn't think we would ever get checked. So that's super cool that they're doing that. I actually, I'm kind of growing to like the judgment day. A little bit more now that they're spending a little bit more time with it. And this has to be where Dom turns. And quite frankly, I'm looking forward to the end of the Mysterios tag team. Because Dominic needs something new. And this turn should be it. Yeah, I think the only thing to really be... Oh, besides the match itself should probably be good. Because all four people involved are good. Right. The most exciting thing to look out for is the... Um, the Dominic, the Dominic turn, yeah, and so yeah, we'll see. That is, they've pretty much telegraphed that that is going to happen, and it's probably for the best for Dominic that he does turn heel and demonstrate a different side to. I say different side to his character, but it'd be good if he demonstrated character. <laughs> would be probably the, <laughs> the the real starting point. So being uh, sub to Rhea Ripley is probably going to be the the best thing for him going forward. And I, I really think that they need to lean all the way into that. And that needs to be like, not only has he found, you know, people who will say that, you know, it's his time to shine instead of living in his dad's shadow. I think if they play off the whole, I'm actually just doing this because I really like Rhea and I'm kind of into this whole, like, she's my poppy thing like that. That needs to work. And I hope that they go all the way with it. Well, that's what Dominic hopes. He hopes that they go all the way. <laughs> well, as we saw on <laughs> Only if she night, says so. <laughs> and as we saw on Monday night, he's not ready to use his wood on her. So the uh, the positioning of that kendo stick and her being like, you know, are you going to allow me to grab it? And everything was like, come on. <laughs> this is if it's not intentional. I saw the Freudian slips of it. Know. I don't understand this. I was like, I understand this perfectly fine. I think this is great. <laughs> the people that don't understand it haven't used the internet. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, to be, yeah, to be, to be fair, people don't understand. It's like, well, if 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 Rhea wanted my word, I'd give it to her as well. So that's good. <laughs> yes. The uh, I don't understand this uh, this kind of reference that's going on with this imagery or whatever they're the ones that when they're thirteen years old, they're not allowed to watch a PG thirteen movie yet. Still. <laughs> but I see the thing with me is I don't really care about the Dominic story. And since that's the main hook of this is to watch four talented people, like they're going to have a good match and everything, but 
as we'll get when it comes to the Worlds Collide and the All Out stuff too, and some of the other things on this card even, just having a good match doesn't make me necessarily like super excited. Like a, a baseline to me is, is the match going to be good? If it is, then I'm at, at then average. And when people check out like the wrestling news heat index articles that I do, that's where I have like the scorching and hot and lukewarm and then temperate temperate being in the middle is like, yeah, right, the match should be fine. And when you get into the chilly and cold and, and such, that's when it's like, all right, the match might not even be all that good. And the story doesn't matter. The story can bump that up to me. And I don't really care to see Dominic be this kind of character at the forefront. It's the right decision and it'll be an interesting twist in his character and it should help him. But based off of what we've seen of Dominic so far, I can't really have a whole lot of faith that it's going to be super engaging and that I'm not still just going to be sitting there looking at my screen and go, oh my God, this guy needs to cut his fucking hair because I hate this stupid mullet that he's got going on. I don't know why that's coming right. back. Right now, I just want him to show any bit of character. Like, does he necessarily fit the weird emo vibe that Judgment Day is going for? Maybe not. But I, I want to see them try something with him. And he deserves a chance to show whatever his real life personality is because so far in character all we know about dominic posterio is he had bleach blonde hair as a child and was also the subject of a custody battle in a ladder match and then he was the guy who got beat up by seth rollins and tagged with his dad like he doesn't have his own persona yet and i think he needs that i just don't have a whole lot of faith that he's going to figure it out anytime soon and i kind of don't want to go through the growing pains <laughs> but I, like if beth and rio were in this my opinion would be much more tolerable because i would just be like okay well you know i mean i am into the idea of beth and rio more than seeing edge against damian priest again or edge against finn balor again or right against either edge of them i believe edge against balor yeah was that the whole thing ahead of time when it was Edge and Damien and Rhea? And we had Ray and Balor and everyone? Well, I guess it was AJ and Balor, but they only had kind well, of... Like we've we seen them in a tag team match. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, that seen, one We've seen them in that six-person tag, yeah. So they have interacted in a, in a match. So. All this all right. stuff has gone on long enough that to me, I'm just sort of like, all right, there's no, there's no hook to it other than the Beth and Rhea thing for me to be like, oh man, Edge and Finn... Okay. Yeah, it should be good. But is it going to be great? Probably not. It'll be fine. So I'm expecting the segment to be one of my, like, there's less to talk about it kind of things outside of the Dominic thing. If that Dominic thing doesn't happen either, then I'm going to have nothing to talk about. It'll just be Edge and Ray one, and that's the end of it. But I am expecting, actually, the Judgment Day to win here because I do think... Rhea on the outside is going to be a factor. Beth is not going to be there. And then Dominic will be the one that's like supposed to balance out the Rhea Ripley side. And then he turns and suddenly it's four on two. So I'm going to go Judgment Day. Yeah, I'm also going Judgment Day. For those exact reasons, I think Dom turns 
and that starts the the new era of Judgment Day, and Dom can feud with his dad, and I would say Edge goes away until the Rumble, but I would rather Edge just stick around and do some stuff leading up to Survivor Series. Yeah, just copy and paste, essentially. Judgment Day will win, Dominic will cost Edge and Rye. What would you like to see Edge do moving forward? Because I know, like, this hasn't been the greatest run for him, this comeback run. But what are some boxes that you still want to see checked off for him? That's tough. I actually almost wrote up an article about this, and then I decided that I didn't really know where I was going to go with the article. So I put it on the back burner. It was going to be when Edge said, or at least hinted, that he might be gone in a year and he might just like retire the next time that they're in Canada. I was just going to write up what's last for edge that he still needs to do. And when I looked at the roster, I was just like, yeah, you know, I want to see edge against like Champa. I want to see edge against a bunch of different people here and there for like a one-off maybe, but there's nothing that stands out to me as like, that could be what it all this leads to that, and this leads to that, and it comes around to this. I don't know. You have any ideas about that, Callum? I don't. There's no. There's no particular feud that is standing out to me that I want to see him have that he hasn't had already. Maybe one-off matches against the likes of Champa and Gargano and Cody Rhodes and Top a couple of other people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, put an S in front of Hit Row, and that's my exact opinion of them. Yeah. That's never mind. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, there's, there isn't really. It's all quite like I just go ahead and retire or anything like that. I'm sure he, he's got plenty of good matches left, but I don't. Yeah, there's nothing that really stands out to me. Like I don't want him to be a world champion. Realistically, a lot of the one-off matches that I want him to have, I want him to lose and just put other people over because he's a name and that can help, like, give them some credibility. So. Yeah, I, I kind of just wanted to go on the Legends run now of just, okay, I'm just going to have these matches against people that I'm really interested in wrestling, and for the most part, I'm going to put them over. I would agree. I'm, I like, I want to see, there's there's matches I want to see, you know, Ciampa is one, for sure, Gargano, another one. Um, I thought maybe Riddle, because he had mentioned specifically wanting to fight Riddle, but... He turned babyface again, so I don't know if they'll get back around to that. But as far as, like, a story, I'm also struggling. Like, I can't think of a good story for him to end it on. Who was his first match in WWE? Uh, one of the Conquistadors. Uh, not the Conquistadors. Uh, one of the Buddy Clubs. Oh, okay, never mind. You can't go back around to that. <laughs> I, th- I thought about, like, what about, like, a fun one-off with, like, John, but then you have to get John. And you have to know that John's cleared for it. Maybe. Are you Randy? We haven't seen that before, have we? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I was like, I don't know, Randy, but they they killed the Randy thing too much in the beginning. Yeah, nobody stands out to me. But maybe they have some kind of a plan in mind. I don't know. In any fashion, I think that that's the plan for this. Dominic turning heel and I'm actually going to go a little heel heavy on this, I think. Um, Because I think that Gunter is guaranteed to beat Sheamus and retain the Intercontinental Championship. 
Well, either way, you're going to have a heel winning this match. So, That's true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Sheamus is playing, like, the default babyface, but he has technically still a heel. They haven't fully, like, turned him. But uh, this is a win-win scenario. Because if Sheamus does win, I think that that's kind of cool. He gets the Intercontinental title, which is one of the only belts that he's not won yet. They keep ignoring the Universal title thing, but technically speaking, it's the same odd, like... Yeah, they they had a weird distinction when it comes to the IC and the US title. For some reason, they're classified as, like, on the same level, but separate. Yet, the world titles are literally the equivalent of one another yeah the grand slam thing is has always been befuddled but if sheamus were to win i think the crowd would go crazy and they would pop and i think it'd be a mistake but i think it'd be kind of cool i think gunter though has to win and will win and this is actually the second most interesting match i think of the night this is probably going to be a pretty good fight this is probably the one i'm most looking forward to bell to bell but I think Gunther should win. I think Gunther Lashley is all but a lock for Survivor Series. Same here. No, I'm skipping. I know I'm skipping over a few months there, but I, I do think it's a lock. We're not skipping over I, much, though. I mean, it's only Extreme Rules, right? Extreme Rules in Saudi. Oh, yeah, the um, Saudi show, the Crown Jewel. I forgot about that. Um, I like Sheamus. I think we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. He has great matches, and he's coming to his own with that. This should be a hell of a fight, and I want to watch it. Yeah, this should be an absolute war between these two. Just knowing how physical both of them can get when they're with the right opponent, I think that they're just going to just lever the shit out of each other with chops and the forearms, the clubbing blows to the chest. And, yeah, I imagine, especially with Seamus, considering how pale he is, I imagine he's going to just be absolutely beat red across the chest by the end of this match. And, yeah, I'm going to love every second of it because I love it when people do this sort of strong style fighting with each other. It makes it, well, it's it's real because it pretty much is real. But I think these two are willing to give each other that level of combativeness in, in a very spirited way. But I think that, yeah, you should have Gunter get the victory. I think he still has a lot of legs as the Intercontinental Champion. I will be quite interested to see what the crowd reaction is, because Gunter is very much beloved in the UK. Because he, he's essentially like an adopted son in the UK, even though he's from Austria, but he spent most of his time, or a large portion of his time in the UK independent wrestling scene, so he's well known over there. He was well liked as the UK Champion, even though for most of that he was a heel. And obviously Seamus will be well liked as well, because He's, again, spent a lot of his time in the UK. So there's going to be an interesting crowd reaction to it. I don't think there's going to be a definitive, like, heel or baby face in this match. I think it's very much a let's go Gunter, let's go Sheamus type situation. Yeah, no trade off of blows with the boo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that that's going to be going to make it an even more interesting dynamics. There'll be people that will really want Sheamus to win and people that will really want Gunter to win and vice versa. So I think that. Yeah, we're just going to have a really cool fight, which should go for about like 15, 20 minutes and have, and it'll make Gunter look good if he does get a victory. I mean, again, I'm not 100% opposed to Sheamus winning, but I think it's, it, it, it would derail Gunter a little bit, and I don't think you need to at the moment. Yeah, there's no real need to put that belt 
on Seamus right now. I do think that they should get around to doing it, but who's to say they don't do it next year? Or, you know, that whoever beats Gunther for the title doesn't drop it to Seamus. I think it should happen. Now? No, this is more a Gunther story. And if he beats Seamus, he beats a very credible name to boost up his own credibility. Seamus has won every other title multiple times. He is in that veteran level of like, he's he's not out of his prime in a sense. Like, yeah, you get like Sergeant Slaughter to come back in 2003 or something. And you're going to be like, yeah, he's not going to win a championship or something. But Seamus could still win a championship at pretty much any moment, theoretically. So he's not beating somebody who's an old timer out of the, uh, you know, out to pasture or whatever. He's still beating a tough major superstar and Gunther needs to win some of those matches. It'll boost him up, make him look stronger when he fights Bobby Lashley at Survivor Series. And yeah, I want to see, you know, all these chops and I want to see, not that I want anybody to get injured, of course, because that's obviously not the case, but I want them to have those posts afterward where it's like, oh, this is what their back looks like. And it's all beat to crap and red and everything. I want like a dragon versus Gunter kind of match. It's general. I want them to hit each other really hard in safe places. Yeah, exactly. I want them to get as close as possible before they get injured. Yeah. (laughs) That's, uh, you know, we've seen those matches before with Gunther. I think the Sheamus is perfect person for that. So I'm very excited for this match. One of the top matches for not just this, but for the entire weekend for me. This is one that stands out. And uh, I'm going Gunther. I think this could, yeah. Yeah, I, I obviously I'm going for Gunther as well. I think that not only I think this could be the sleeper for best match on the card, I think this is a sleeper for a match of the year contender if it goes as well as I hope it will. Yeah, I really hope Sheamus is as ready to put on the best match of his life as he can because I think that this is also a good chance for match of the year. I don't feel the same about Liv Morgan against Shayna Baszler. You don't say. <laughs> you know, what? why, Tony? <laughs> I guess it's an interesting transition to go with that to the SmackDown Women's Championship match because this sucks. Let's be honest. Look, I like Liv Morgan. I like Shayna Baszler even more. I wish Shayna Baszler was the way that she was in NXT. And maybe this is the start to that. You know, maybe the game plan is Shayna Baszler wins and we get Shayna against Ronda Rousey. But I don't feel it in any fashion. If Shayna wins, it feels like it would just kind of come out of nowhere. If Morgan wins, it's going to just belittle Shayna even more because Morgan's been booked terribly as champion. This feud just seems like it's a nothing feud. And I almost kind of get the feeling the triple H is like, I didn't want to do this. Let's just figure it out and move aside. The Ronda thing's a part of it still, but she's not involved here. And maybe she interferes and just causes like some kind of no contest kind of ending. And then we get a triple threat at extreme rules. And that's where the title changes hands. I'm not feeling it in any fashion. I'm excited to the extent of what they they seem to be doing with Shiner, which is what a rehab job. Essentially, Triple H is now in creative control, and we know that Triple H likes Shayna Baszler, and so she's actually going to be 
pushed as some kind of serious threat, which he was done in very, very minimal amount in under Vince's tenure. And like she was a tag team wrestler and perennially the one that got pinned in the tag team because the person she was teaming with, Nia Jax. But now she gets to be put into a more position of prominence. And that at least adds an element of doubt and excitement for me because I personally don't know whether they, knowing Triple H and how much he, how much affinity he has with Shayna Baszler, considering the fact that she was NXT Women's Champion for like two, pretty much two straight years, that they might just go, yeah, I, I really like Shayna Baszler and I'm totally fine with her beating Liv Morgan. And so that adds a bit of jeopardy to me, but I, I'm not 100% certain which way it's going to go. The only thing that I'm pretty certain of is that Ronda Rousey is going to have something to do with the outcome of this. And I don't know. And, and, and that is where the whole confusion lies, because does she get involved and her only purpose is to like get, get a beating in on Liv Morgan and that ends up costing Shayna by having like... Morgan uh, retains by DQ kind of thing? Yeah, essentially. Or you have... Uh, Shayna Bay, like her helping Shayna Baszler get the victory, and then that launches them as like, obviously as a tag team, but with Ronda as like playing almost playing second fiddle to Baszler, that seems a bit odd, because well, just by name value alone, Ronda's the star name out of the two, so it seems a bit odd that she would be pretty much the seconding the champion, but it's not out of the question. I think that. In an ideal world for me, I'd have Baszler win and go on a dominant run as champion because I know that she could do that so well. I think I'm still going to lean to Liv retaining just at the moment, just play on the safe side because I just don't know what they would do if Shayna became champion just yet. And I don't think they want to derail Liv's reign by this point, because at this point, if, if Liv does lose the title to Shayna Baszler, then her reign was pretty much pointless. Well, first of all, you're right. <laughs> if she loses the title, her reign would be pointless. But how many times don't they do this? So I think she should lose. I think we should just go all the way with Baszler. I, I disagree with Tony. I don't think this has sucked. I think this is awesome because Triple H had control for a week. And the first thing he did was go, hey, Shayna, well, how about you? Why don't you just do the thing that you do and beat people up? I like it. I like the Ronda idea of them being a tag team. They've been a tag team at the house shows recently. Big fan of that idea. And I just want to see Shayna win a singles title. And I think the UK crowd would rather see Shayna Baszler win a singles title than see Liv Morgan continue. Liv got to the mountaintop. She may get there again. She may not. But let's see what she does next. I want Shayna to win this title because it's long, long overdue. My official prediction at this particular moment, without watching SmackDown yet because it hasn't happened, obviously, but, you know, 3.28 p.m. on Wednesday is Ronda interferes, causes a no contest. We get the follow-up over the next few weeks because uh, Extreme Rules isn't that far away, right? I think that that's actually only... No, like, it's a full month. It's a full month? Double check. Full month. Uh, October 8th, okay. Um, 
So I'm thinking of how uh, November is Crown Jewel in Survivor Series. Um, I think we're going to get the buildup of like, well, Ronda interfered and then that cost Shayna the ability to win because I had that match won. And then Liv Morgan will be like, I retained, but only through that. And that's ridiculous. So then we get a triple threat at Extreme Rules because the triple threat match is already by default. Extreme Rules, no DQ, that kind of set up. I think Ronda either wins the title there or Shayna squeaks out a victory. And then we get Shayna versus Ronda at Crown Jewel. In any fashion, Ronda leaves with that championship and we get Ronda versus Bianca at Survivor Series. Because I still kind of think that the plan is Ronda Rousey against Becky Lynch and Mania. But if Charlotte Flair comes in here, we don't know what the game plan is for her. And at any moment, it could just be, well, the Shayna thing is off on the side and that's whatever. And Charlotte beats Liv Morgan at uh, Crown Jewel or something. I don't know. So right now I'm going Liv Morgan retains, but I'm not going to necessarily say Liv Morgan wins. What are your ultimate picks? Shayna Baszler wins new champion. I'm going with Liv winning but not necessarily by pinfall or submission. But either by DQ or count out or something. Yeah. But like an, an likely, official win. The, li- the likely one I'm going for is DQ at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's that's where I'm leaning at the moment. The only thing making me slightly hesitant about my pick is that the next event is Extreme Rules, and they could always get away with the idea of like, all right, you squeaked one by me, you squeaked one by Ronda. You're not getting out of an Extreme Rules match with... Either one of them, if not both of them. An I quit match, a submission match. Sometimes more of their specialty. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk Seth Rollins against Matt Riddle. And yes, it is Matt Riddle. Although they haven't done that with Tommaso Ciampa yet, right? Now, they're, they're, they're taking their time with this, but they did want you to know that it's Matt Riddle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As it should be. Same thing with Austin Theory, because Theory and Riddle, that's dumb. But with... I think... I'm I'm fifty fifty on Champa because Champa's a unique name, but I think Theory is definitely gonna get his first name back because much like just saying Riddle, just saying Theory is silly. Yeah. yeah you don't have the headline of WrestleMania just be Theory against whatever and, and Riddle against whatever. It's gotta be Matt, it's gotta be Austin. I, I think Tommaso Champa's better, but Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins were supposed to have a match at the last pay-per-view SummerSlam and then it turned out to not happen so that was sort of just like all right well moving on and then they continue the feud going forward and even though I think that that kind of sucks for SummerSlam I think that it overall has worked out and I've liked the little tweaks that they've done here and there I liked how they did like that feud I mean that feud uh that fight prior to raw and they had people recording and everything. I liked the post interview stuff where riddle, uh, gets insulted by Rollins about like, yeah, your family and whatever. Now let's open up another can of worms with one of riddles is X's, but, uh, yeah, it's another story for hot tags or something. Um, the feud is better off than I thought it was a few weeks ago. And I'm excited to see the match. It's not the most, dynamic most important thing because no stakes are on the line or anything but i think that this carries over into extreme rules as well so i'm going to go seth rollins winning 
through some kind of shenanigans. That way Riddle can win like whatever the gimmick match would be at Extreme Rules. I'm not really sure about where I want to go want to take this one because obviously there's no real stakes to this. It's just a, a grudge match between these two. So realistically anyone could win and it doesn't really change the dynamic or the prospect of them having to rematch extreme rules. So I'm not going to I don't I don't think that they necessarily need to lean into the one wins on this show and then one wins at extreme rules. They could just have Yeah, Riddle could still win. You could just have you could have Riddle win both. You could have Seth win both. I think there's a good possibility they might have Seth, Seth win both because they need to build Seth up for Cody again. And so a good way of doing that is giving Seth Rollins one of the world titles if they decide to go in that direction. Again, I'm still going to just harp on about the fact that I think that it should be Rollins versus Cody at WrestleMania and Rollins should be holding one of the world championships. But... Until that uh, happens, what until that possibility is completely robbed from me, then I'm just going to keep harping on about that being the direction they should take. But until then, they could have... I, I think it's more likely that if they do decide to take that approach of one wins one here, one wins one somewhere else, I think they'd more likely give Riddle the victory here and give Rollins the victory at Extreme Rules and essentially be the definitive quote-unquote winner of the feud. Uh, I think that they've done a really good job of building up some real life, well, some uh, obviously fabricated, but it's made it feel kind of real tension between the two of them, which is quite funny because they actually did have real tension between them like a year or so ago uh, when I think uh, Rollins was very uh, anti-Riddle and now they are working, and now they are actually actively working together and putting forward a very, very heated rivalry, which is really good because when there's no title at stake and they were supposed to have the match at SummerSlam, it just felt like, oh, this is just going to be... They're just dragging this out to uh, Clash of the Castle, but they aren't just dragging it out. They've actually used that moment to make it a more explosive rivalry. So I commend them for that because they're, they're, there's always the potential of, like, when you drag it out for several months, whether there's still going to be enough heat in the feud but they've actually built it up over time and that whole interview segment that made it like the the little tweaks of okay this is what they said when the cameras stopped rolling and they thought the microphones were off that's a really really nice touch so yeah give them full credit for the way they've built this feud and if it comes to my head i'm gonna lean towards riddle getting the victory on this occasion i first of all love what they've done since SummerSlam, I think they have sort of been used as a bit of the pet project to show off different creative directions like that. You know, oh, my God, we got to run to the back right now because they're fighting or, oh, my God, here's what they said when um, they thought the microphones were off and they actually said, like, Riddle said fuck like three times. I think that's smart. It's made everybody really interested in this match. I think Rollins should win one and done because I kind of want to just get on to Rollins challenging Roman or whomever in some way, shape or form and getting him with one of the world titles. I think he has once again completely shined with this role and he needs to be champion so Cody can beat him. 
put a pin in that for the discussion after the next part because we are going to talk about this. Um, ultimate picks for this, I am going Rollins. Rollins. Riddle. All right, so six-woman tag team match. Bianca Belair, Alex Bliss, and Asuka are fighting. They haven't been fully classified damage control yet, but it seems like I'm that not might... calling them damage control until they call themselves damage control. Right, it seems like they've trademarked that, and it probably is the name, but they still haven't said it. So instead, it's Bailey Dakota Kai and Io Sky, not Dakota Sky, as Bailey would call her sometimes. But this is one of those scenarios where people go, ah, oh, you're complaining, but this is as fundamental as I can get. I'm a fan of all six of these women. They are all great. But why is this on the card instead of something like Bailey against Bianca Belair for the title? I don't like that about pay-per-views. I think pay-per-views should be where titles are defended and where like there's more stakes and, you know, you build up to something that feels stronger to me than a tag team match with nothing on the line. I would have enjoyed more so if this would have been even Alexa and Asuka against Dakota and EO for the tag team titles, if that's how the tournament would have gone. The bracket didn't, of course, lead in that direction. So now I just feel like this should have been on an episode of Monday Night Raw. And yeah, it'll be good. I like all the people involved. But I don't like this era of, ah, it's Peacock and it's just another show. And as long as we have the one thing that really makes it seem like a pay-per-view, the rest of it's just filler and it doesn't matter. I don't like that, so I'm never going to like it, even if I like the people involved. But I do think it'll be a good enough segment, and it'll just be one of those, yeah, it was good, but I don't think anything crazy is happening. I actually don't think Sasha and Naomi are popping up. I don't think we're going to get some like major revelations about anything. I think it's just going to be straight up Bailey's team wins. And that sets her yeah. up as uh, that she can officially get a ti- uh, title shot against Bianca. And I'm all right with that because, while yes, I agree that I typically like my pay-per-views to not be filler, I think it's also important to say you don't need to rush title matches just to have title matches on pay-per-views. I like what they've done. They've managed to make this thrown-together team of Bianca Asuka and Bliss feel like they're really fighting for something. And I think this should go to Bailey's team because, you know, they just, this is their first trios match. And I think they need to win it. And I'm not ruling out the idea that maybe somebody new joins them. Somebody new? Who? Uh, what about, why not Tegan Knox? Hmm. It's her hometown. It's like it's not like a a visa issue thing there. Like Tegan Dakota is a great pairing. I think Tegan deserves a shot. I think uh, Hunter would like to give her a shot. I think Bailey would like to give her a shot. I'd love to see to just get the numbers game back on their side. I'd love to see Tegan join Bailey's group. But I'm just pure speculation and wishful thinking on my behalf. Either way, I think Bailey's team wins. Yeah, I think the Bailey's team absolutely has to win because 
if they're going to be pushing forward the idea that they're the new dominant force as a faction on Raw and in WWE generally, they should probably get this big win. Their first match is a trio. You don't want to nexus this whole faction exactly. already. So yeah, they can get they can get a bit a pin like Bailey can pin Alexa or Bailey can pin Oscar. I don't think Bailey should pin Bianca or anybody should pin Bianca, but you want to build towards that match. And I'm totally fine with this being on the pay-per-view. Again, I'm fully on board with the whole concept of you should actually put some of your most important matches on television because that's where the money is. Peacock is is an extra, essentially. The fact you're even getting some big matches on this show in general probably is um, something to be more uh, positive about than the fact that uh, these type, like this six-woman tag, which could have been on Raw, but I think it's better... That put it on here and actually either build towards Bailey and Bianca and Extreme Rules or have Bailey and Bianca on like main event, a big episode of Raw instead. So I'm totally cool with this. What WWE, something that WWE does consistently very well is six man and six woman tag team matches. They just know the formula, it works out really well 90% of the time. And all the competitors in this match are really, really good at wrestling. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they put together. And yeah, the heel team should absolutely win, which they should have done on Raw, but they didn't. So. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, we will talk about it when it gets to the hot tags, but a very quick rundown. When people are going, why is everybody complaining about the Raquel and Aaliyah thing? It's because Raquel and Aaliyah were not a tag team and they don't seem like a tag team. And it seems like this is exactly the same thing that we just got for the past few years with the tag team division, where it's just toss these two people together at the last minute and they're the champions and then we'll figure it all out and then we don't necessarily figure it out and we added an actual is team that, going on here so is that what they're complaining and they're not complaining uh, because Elias sucks yeah i think it's mostly i think it's mostly that one like look uh, i good for Aaliyah. she made it into raw and won a title i think that's something like hulk hogan can't even say that but like really that came out of nowhere and i just don't think I think if you were going to do this, you should have probably built it up to look like a bit more dominating and less like a fluke. They did everything they possibly could to make it a fluke. She pinned the wrong woman. Mm-hmm. She It was a quick roll up. Like they have all these outs. And I just think if you're going to go with Aaliyah, go with Aaliyah. Yeah. I don't get, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand the story or I understand the narrative of that tournament, which was Raquel essentially did everything. I mean, the semi-final match they had with Natalia and Sonya, uh, Aaliyah was taken out immediately, and Raquel won it single-handedly. And then they decided that was essentially the story of the finals as well. They took out Aaliyah pretty quickly on, pretty early on, and Raquel pretty much wrestled the entire match herself and kicked out of everything. Kicked out of the moonsault, so that's great. That move doesn't mean anything already. <laughs> so that's good. And yeah, and just had Aaliyah roll up Dakota. That's the one thing that she did in the entire match. So they're telling the story of like, oh, Aaliyah is the weak link in the team, but she pulled out the victory when it mattered. And so that's the big story. So I mean, fine. Like this team has absolutely no chemistry and no legs beyond this tournament win. It's not like anyone's really rooting for them because I don't think people really get behind Aaliyah as this underdog character. And I don't think Raquel was actually that popular either especially among certain groups people that follow her uh, comments on twitter and instagram and stuff and the fact that she is in a relationship with braun Strowman, who is already a problematic individual as it is 
What's the Raquel saying on Twitter? I didn't see oh, that there was anything about that. It's all about this. Um, yada yada it's, it's problematic. The, yada yada. Really? MAGA. Yeah, MAGA, anti vax, that type of thing. Oh, well, I didn't know that about her. That sucks. <laughs> the, would, would, the sorry, most... I don't want to control her narrative. I don't want to control her narrative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, uh, as far as but, the um, chemistry and having legs, the most that I've seen out of this is people just reposting the gif of Aaliyah and uh, Raquel showing their asses and Aaliyah smacking. Uh, Raquel's that's like the main takeaway from a whole nother portion of this it's either complaining that they shouldn't have won or it's that gif that's all I keep saying <laughs> oh I saw the um I, I saw them showing around on Twitter the um the video of that uh was it, it was in breaking ground or something like that with Belia coming out as an doing her entrance in the performance center and William Regal just talking about how she had that showed absolutely no character or uh <laughs> or uh like focus or dynamism whatsoever and just like and it's just like eight years later, and it's yeah, it's pretty much the same same thing, really. But she smiles she, now a lot. <laughs> yeah, she smiles, and she wears more revealing attire. That's pretty much <laughs> it, really. Um, yeah, so I don't know what they were really thinking beyond just you know having a babyface team win, but it just doesn't. Yeah, as you say, probably the main takeaway from this is that WWE hasn't changed their approach to women's tag teams. It is insert singles person and singles person put them together and just see what happens and these two will be champions for a month or two hopefully shorter than that lose it to sasha and naomi and then they'll be broken up in a month after that would you guys like to see sasha and naomi return as heels to win that uh, they won't be they, i mean they won't be heels in that match i'll say that much but i, I think they could I think they could work better as heels. I think they could work as quite disgruntled tweeners, actually. But play into the fact that they walked out on the company. You're, you already played into it by saying, like, oh, they, they let us all down. I know there's a different regime in charge, and Triple H wouldn't treat them that way. But why not just play into that story and make that part of your characters coming back? Like, you 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 are pissed off about how the system treated you, and... You want to use that to, like you're saying, like we're first in line for a tag team title shot and maybe have Adam Pierce in the quote-unquote voice of the authority say, we've got to earn your opportunity to say, no, we were the champions. We never lost those belts. Give us those belts. And that's, you can build a whole story around that, I think. Well, yeah, I, like I think it's going to be very hard to boo them. But like when I was watching on Monday where it was Bianca, Bliss, Oscar, and the champions, and Bailey was outnumbered. I was like, I could see her convincing Sasha and Naomi to join her because they have to come back as disgruntled. I don't know if they have to be full blown heel, but they have to be pissed off. Uh, we will see. I don't want them coming back here, though. Yeah, not, I don't think it's happening here. Wills. Yeah, it could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, as far as could happen. And all the things that surround that kind of idea. Let's talk about Roman Reigns defending the unified WWE Universal Championship against Drew McIntyre. Because I, however many months ago when it was like, okay, it's going to be Drew McIntyre against Roman Reigns. We know that. And then he flat out said, I'm fighting Roman at this pay-per-view in a few months. And then they came back around to it and everything. I had just all across the board been like, okay, Roman Reigns retains. And then I don't know who he fights at extreme rules or if he only fights at crown jewel and so on and so forth. 
lately I'm hearing so much buzz over so many different alternatives that I honestly feel a little bit of doubt. And here are the things that I keep hearing. I, I might even forget one or two of them. The one that makes sense to me is Dyson Fury pops up and he costs Drew McIntyre the match and we get Fury versus McIntyre at Crown Jewel. Of course, Karrion Cross could pop up, interfere, cost Drew McIntyre the match, and then we get Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross at Extreme Rules. I am hearing, of course, Buzz. I don't necessarily buy it, but Buzz that Bray Wyatt interferes, but that leans more towards, from what I'm, you know, the people that are speculating about this, they lean more towards Bray Wyatt interferes and costs Roman the match. I am hearing, of course, Theory cashes in and that that leads to some sort of title situation. I am hearing that there is a backstage segment that they might air during SmackDown that'll specify that this is only for one championship and not for both. That maybe Theory's cash in leads to the titles being split. Everything under the sun. Except for, obviously, nobody's putting out there like, Omas is winning or something. You know, but None of the stuff that makes any sense like that. Um, I am starting to believe, at least a little bit, that maybe there is a plan to split these titles. And maybe Drew McIntyre wins that championship, the WWE championship, to bring that over to Monday Night Raw, because USA might be like, look, we don't get a champion pretty much ever. If Roman appears, he tends to appear on SmackDown and that tends to be about it. And it's only, you know, once every couple of weeks or so, give us a champion. You can keep the universal title on Roman and his what uh, 700 days or whatever it is that he's had at this point will continue. It's still the same continuity of that. The WWE title was the one that Brock had. So that's only been since mania. And then the WWE title can be up for grabs for Theory, for uh, Rollins, if they want to do that. It can factor in with Cody. We could get Cody versus Rollins for the WWE title with Drew losing to Theory and then losing whatever. Like, you know, they can play around that. I don't know. It's not as clear cut to me of Roman Reigns retains, obviously, and then moving on. Well, first of all, you laid out way too many hypotheticals and possibilities there. I think that if they were going to do it for one belt and only one belt, they would have announced that by now. I think that it would hurt Roman at this point to lose one belt and then walk away going, well, I still got this one more than it would to just say, hey, you lost and you have no belt. I also think... Drew McIntyre has been built up perfectly to the point where if they needed to put him over here, perfect place to do it. And I would like to see it. There's no reason it shouldn't be a possibility. But there's that fucking Tyson Fury thing that they have just a stick up their ass about doing. I don't care to see it, but I'm assuming Fury costs McIntyre, Roman wins, and Fury, McIntyre, and Saudi. 
I would go so far to say that it would be a mistake to have Drew McIntyre not win the title in this match. I think that you just have the perfect setting. It's a hometown crowd. Not a hometown, obviously, it's from Scotland, it's Wales, but it's a UK crowd. They're going to be fully behind him. I know Roman's probably got his followers there as well, but I think that Drew will be 100% babyface. You could have him take out pretty much everybody. Just do the whole thing of like him taking out the Usos, him taking out Sami Zayn, taking out anybody that wants to interfere in this match, just laying all of them out, and you feel like, okay, Roman's finally going to get the victory. Have him kick out three spears, do anything. Literally just do everything and have Drew McIntyre still kick his head off and win because you can capture the lightning in the bottle that you had with the Lesnar win. Again, it may not be the same when he comes over to the States, but just seeing that reaction of him standing with both titles in front of the crowd, fireworks going off, he deserves a title run in front of people because he took the WWE on his shoulders during the pandemic era as their champion and never really got the credit for it, I don't think. So I think he merits an opportunity to be champion. I'm not saying it has to be a long reign. It could be over by Survivor Series if they wanted to do it. It could be over even before that if they want to go in another direction. I think that it could be an interesting wrinkle for Roman Reigns to be without the belts and see how that affects him. Like, he could go away for a while, and then when he comes back, he's even more vicious and aggressive and focused on winning the title. Like, no more of these uh, backstage conversations with Sami Zayn or joking around with Heyman and the Usos. It's all business at that point, and it's, like, we see a new, even more vicious and ruthless edge to him, which could then lead to whether match he has at WrestleMania and other things. I think it could actually benefit Roman more in the long run to have him drop the title here and be on the chase for the title for a little while rather than just say oh he's been champion for 800 900 days and nobody can beat him because frankly nobody feels credible enough to beat him this is the first time in a long time where someone has felt credible enough to Mm -hmm. match and defeat roman reigns and it's the perfect setting to do it as well yeah i think it's just from the outside looking in, I just think it's a no-brainer to have Drew McIntyre win the title here. You could have Roman go away for a while. He could defend it against Karrion Cross at Extreme Rules. You could have Roman win it back in in Saudi or Roman win it back in Survivor Series. And I'd say, I don't think that Drew McIntyre should be a long-term champion or take Roman's place at WrestleMania or take his place at the head of the table and the, the face of the company. I just think he should be WWE champion, WWE Universal champion at this point. So I would fully advocate for McIntyre to win, and I'm going to go even step my neck out and say that's what my prediction will be as well. I think they should they should use this opportunity. It's a big, big moment because at the end of the day, if Roman wins, how flat of an ending of this pay per view is it going to be? And I know Rob's idea about like Tyson Fury. Are they really going to turn Tyson Fury heel in front of the crowd that is also like behind him as a UK boxer as well? It's like, uh, why, would he turn on, why would he turn on the UK guy? Like, I know that there's potential that he'd have a match with Drew McIntyre, but I think that could happen down the road anyway. Like, they, they do two Saudi shows a year anyway. You could save that for the February one when McIntyre is clear of the world title picture again. So, I, it's, I think. Like, it's not what I would do. It's just. I, I worry that it's what they would do. 
yeah, I'm, I'm obviously worried about it. I think that if this was a Vincent Mann run creative, I'd be just 100. percent Oh yeah, like this, I'd still want McIntyre to win, but I'd be uh, convinced enough to know that oh yeah, it's. I mean, Vince is just going to have Roman win because Roman's Roman, and they're never going to change that. He doesn't mind having the hometown guy losing his hometown in the biggest match of his uh, career, almost. So I, I would, but I think that Triple H could see the benefit of it, and we know that Triple H likes Drew. Drew's the former NXT champion, so I think that yeah, I think I, I just don't see any harm or long term problems of having McIntyre win the title here. I'm I'm all over the place because I'm like I don't want the Roman Reigns that we have now to downgrade but at the same time there's no guarantee that that would be the case if he loses the titles. Just because he's not the champion doesn't mean he's not still an engaging character. And if he isn't champion suddenly the match with the Rock has a different dynamic to it because the rocks realistically, you know, I mean, anything can happen. Who fucking knows the, I don't want the rock to win the Royal rumble challenge Roman reigns, lose in the main event, fail to win both titles. And then to just be like, okay, well maybe we go around to Cody at WrestleMania backlash. I don't like that idea. I'm totally down for Roman reigns versus the rock headlining main event of WrestleMania as a non-title thing and then other titles being in the mix. I don't like the undisputed WWE universal championship. Just fundamentally, I don't think having one champion over two shows works. I want them to split it. Is there a good way to do it here? Maybe, but I don't know how I really like theory. I don't want him to cash in and win two titles I don't want him to win one necessarily right now either. I want him to win when he's built up better. So I'm like, <laughs> I think it'd be interesting to do all these different kinds of things, but I'm like, I don't know if which ones, uh, it all depends on what they would want to do after it. And this is one of those things where I think that even when we're watching the pay-per-view and it happens, I don't think I'm going to have a full, perspective if anything crazy happens if it's just roman reigns beats drew mcintyre and that's the end of it then okay the talking points are over but if we get any like cash in return interference weird setup he'll face turn fury popping up mcintyre winning a belt belts being split anything crazy i don't think that the initial first impression is going to fully encapsulate what the full picture is going to be. And I ultimately want Cody to win the WWE title or the universal. It's the same at some point, but I don't know how to get there. (laughs) And I don't want like McIntyre to win and then be the double champion. And then for them to split it and then for them to do something. And then McIntyre loses to Rollins and then Rollins loses to Cody. And then theory has to rush and cash in on Cody or, you know, there there's like so many moving parts. I hope that they have a plan and that this isn't just, well, we'll figure it out. So the glass half full glass, half empty, that's an argument that I've had, uh, you know, here and there about a lot of different things. I am 
big on the Triple H regime right now. I've enjoyed Raw way more. I think you guys probably would agree with me on this, right? Like, it's just, it's not perfect, but fundamentally things are better, right? It, absolutely. Like, I still have my issues. It's still way too long, but Raw mm-hmm. is so much better. And there's, like, an air of things can change and things can happen, and there's, like, this revitalized, we don't know for sure. Like, under the Vince thing? Okay, very clearly, this one wins, this one wins, and then it's almost always right. We have no idea what Triple H could be having up his sleeve, which makes that super interesting. But it's not perfect. And as much as I would love to be like, oh, Triple H is batting, you know, uh, a home run every single time he steps up to the plate. I don't know why I'm going with baseball metaphors here. I'm not a fucking baseball fan. (laughs) I still remember things like him saying, well, you know, we're going to figure out a very interesting way to mention that Braun Strowman is replacing Roman Reigns against Goldberg. And it'll all make sense with this interesting way that we're going to do that in a few days. And then they announce it by going, by the way, it's Braun Strowman. And then, ah, you got to wait for it to play out. And it played out pretty terribly. And then, ah, Charlotte Flair wins the title from Rhea Ripley and does all this kind of thing. But, you know, just wait four months. It'll all make sense. And then she drops it to Yoshirai. And it was all pointless. So it's not perfect. And maybe there is a weird plan here to do something that in five weeks or in three months or by mania or after mania, we might end up looking back on this and we might end up being like, this was the biggest mistake or that this was the big turning point that made the next few months amazing. I have no idea. And that's really interesting. This is maybe the most interesting match over the whole weekend for me because of all this is this person going to interfere? Is that person going to interfere? Is there going to be some kind of thing where Theory cashes in and then Drew McIntyre beats Theory and then Paul Heyman comes out on SmackDown or Raw and he goes, by the way, uh, that invalidated the other match and I have a clause in here that says if the Money in the Bank thinks it's only for the one title and whatever. They could have some kind of weird fucking all over the place plan. Or it could just be Roman Reigns retains. <laughs> I don't know. But for right now, I'm going mean, to, we might change this when we come to our final predictions before the pay-per-view for like the fantasy league. I might even change it on smart out moment. I might change it on bleacher or EWN or whatever. Right now, four o'clock, I'm going to say Roman Reigns retains. I think I'm going with Roman Reigns retains. I think. I'm going to stick with the Tyson Fury idea. I would love to be wrong. This is one time I really, really, really want to be wrong. I want Callum to be 100% right. Drew McIntyre should win here. But will he? I don't know. And even if Roman Reigns just retains, I hope that it's... I hope that it's a great match. McIntyre wins claim. I'm gonna just go down, <laughs> go down. Whether it's wrong, and this is this is the right result, one way, one way or the other. Whether they do it or not is down to them. But that is the right result. McIntyre wins clean. So we will find out this 
Saturday afternoon. <laughs> it's so weird to say. Uh, it starts at noon for the kickoff, I think, right? And then one o'clock for the main card. So I, all my sleep schedule stuff is going to be all thrown off here. And just my perception of time. We've, we've dis- discussed that at length. That's true. Uh, but I will be, it'll be weird to be like, okay, the post show is going to be popping up around like, I don't know, four or something, maybe maybe five, whenever they decide to end this. And then, you know, I'll be done that work and then working on other things for Saturday night. And, you know, I don't know, we'll see, but that is happening then. So if you want to make sure that, you know, when we go live, then make sure that you not only are subscribed to this YouTube channel, but that you also have your email notification alert set up because then you will get that just that little ping when we go live of, hey, look, this is the link. We are live right now. That's also very good to know for Worlds Collide in particular. All Out, of course, we're going to do the same, you know, right after All Out, we're going to do the post show, whatever. Worlds Collide still up in the air. That show starts at four and All Out starts at seven. So that's a short window where if they end at, around seven then it's going to be a little hard to do the worlds collide post show while the kickoff or they're not even calling it the buy-in anymore aren't they calling it the zero hour now on yeah they're going with the zero hour for some reason so i mean the zero hour part it's going to be too hard to watch the zero hour and do the worlds collide thing so right now i'm thinking if it gets to oh. like 6 30 and oh. It's still going on for Worlds Collide. We might start the Worlds Collide post show during the main event. And it might be kind of the post slash during show. <laughs> I, I don't know, because I think Worlds Collide should be over by 6, 630-ish. And then we can just hammer out half an hour quick talk about Worlds Collide. Because at the end of the day, I doubt that's going to be a newsy kind of show. And I think we'll be able to get it out. It all depends. If it's like 629 or something, and they're just starting the main event match, then we're probably going to go live. And then, because you got to assume it's going to be too close to seven. But if it's quarter after six, and they're just about wrapped up, then we'll do a traditional post show. As long as you are subscribed and you've got your stuff set up, then you should know when we go live for that. So that's something to keep in mind, especially if, you know, when it comes to certain people that are like, oh man, I really would like to tune in live for the post show. But, you know, I'm at this part of the planet with this time zone where that's just not feasible for me. Sorry about all the sirens. Uh, certain of course like differences when it comes to like the saudi arabia show i know people in the past have been like oh my god i can actually join in a post show for this one because it's super early and i don't have work yet or something and uh you know if you are subscribed and all that then we'd love to see you there for all three of those post shows you can get involved in those super chats you can tell us what you think while we're talking about it and kind of bring up some other points and everything and we've got two more pay-per-view point predictions posts coming up one of them being looped in with the hot tags but still we got tomorrow we're going to do the all out predictions then we got worlds collide and we'll talk about the other hot tags going on with that on friday so we got a lot of content coming your way this week and you should stay tuned and you should follow on facebook and twitter at smart out moment you should go to smart and check out everything that's happening there 
And you should check out everything else under A Mango Tree by going to amangotree.com. You could also check out fanboysanonymous.com to see what's happening there. I don't know the next thing that's happening on that brand, but there are lots of different options. My God, how many different fire trucks are going by at this point? I hope somebody's okay. Uh, <laughs> we recently did the DC League of Super Pets fan tracks for anybody that's interested in our thoughts on, you know, The Rock voicing Crypto, the super dog. And you've got plenty of other movies that are coming out that there might be more fan tracks about. I might write up some articles here and there, depending on how much content that's pro wrestling that I just want to get away from. Because this is one of those weeks where I might end up at the end of the week being like, my God, I don't want to talk wrestling. I want to just do a deep dive into Green Lantern or something for all I know. Um, so stay tuned to fanboysanonymous.com for everything that's over there. And of course, if you follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Tony Mango, then you will see what else I am tweeting about or wording or, you know, putting out there. I don't know. Just, uh, just follow all over the place. You had to do it. But follow these guys as well. They work on other things. They work on great things involved with a mango tree and you should just be following them anyway to give them some support. Check out what Rob's up to. Yeah, you can follow me everywhere on social media at Dude Felice. Always keep an eye out for DudeFelice.com, which will eventually just be my you know central hub where you can find all the links and all of anything else I'm working on in the personal side of things. But of course, check out Fightful, Fightful Select, WrestleZone, Smartout Moment, and check out all my interviews I'm doing. I did one with Tom Talks Rubbish, and I did one with Dom Smith about disability, so check that out too. Callum? Follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out all the stuff that'll be going out on Smart Cut Moment both this weekend and basically every day of the week, but you can check out the Power Rankings. That'll be going out on Saturday. If you can take yourself away from Clash of the Castle and all the rest of the wrestling going on, you can spare a few minutes to check that out as well. And... There is also the Fantasy League, and what we're talking about here with Clash of the Castle does have ramifications. Whoever ends up winning this prediction contest will be able to boost up or diminish one of their opponent's teams in the build-up towards Extreme Rules. So once we've actually finalised our predictions, we'll be able to give you a bit of a rundown on who got the victory and who will be able to give themselves a bit of a leg up as I try to claw my way back to catch Tony at the top of the rankings right now. Ooh. What's the uh, point but, spread? Uh, um, so right now, just um, I've inputted the stuff from NXT last night. Currently, Tony is top with... Oh, God, so many spreadsheets, so many cells. <laughs> 1,087 points. I am sitting in second place with uh, 1,028. So about... 60 point gap at the moment not too That's, much yeah that can be that can be brought back in a couple of weeks time depending on how things go um rob is yeah <laughs> how badly am i losing wait, wait, wait. Uh, you haven't hit 900 points yet oh, oh fuck <laughs> you know you know you know let me tell you it's this roman reigns <laughs> leaving nonsense okay because <laughs> You shouldn't be doing the part-time schedule, but it's okay, because I'll win that WrestleMania like I did last year, so ha. <laughs> you're, in, you're, in, you're in the best position at the moment in terms of the fact that you haven't, none of your people have been released yet. Yeah, so there good. you go. The Gable Stevenson pick looks a bit stupid now. 
Yeah, well, what are you going to do? That's how that's how things work. That's, I mean, the Gable Stevenson part of the roster looks stupid right now. This guy's been like, hey, look at that, Gable, for like three years. So. To be fair, I'm was super, I was super happy because I had loads of my people released super early on, and both Dexter Loomis and Dakota Kai have come back since. Oh, so shit, nice. <laughs> they kind of but, validated that, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're still waiting on a. Well, technically, you're still waiting on um, Sasha and Naomi to come back, which is ridiculous. Like, but they're still on the website, aren't they? Yeah, yeah but they I've, haven't I've, shown. I've, I've, I've kind of, cro- I've kind of tentatively crossed them off. Once, as soon as they make an appearance again, then they're fine. Yeah, but I mean, but, like, that's weird that they still haven't like they they haven't been released, but they obviously haven't been back, and it's just an odd yeah. thing. They haven't scored. Yeah, they haven't scored any points you since the first week of the fantasy league. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, before we round out, that just reminds me as far as like um, addressing something with the the belts and all that. One of the things we will talk about for this week on the hot tags, which will factor into that uh, discussion, but we're not going to talk about it now, but just keep uh, in mind, possibly new belts coming. Maybe that's another reason why we get some title changes or something. I don't know. But um, that is a topic for the hot tags. Yeah, we already talked about everything that's going on here. So stay tuned for that with the Worlds Collide stuff. But before we get into that, we got all out coming up tomorrow. The predictions post at least as far as the you know, pay-per-view is going to be the only weekend. So remember, uh, stay tuned for everything happening here. And we want to thank you for listening to this. Thank you for listening to the next one, if you are listening to that. And we will see you then. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment. And look at that. The time. We're being counted out.